Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and I am delighted, thrilled, overjoyed to say I'm joined by my partner in crime, Matt. How you getting on, mate? You are here. It's the return of the mat. Here he is. Return of the mat. Here we go. Well, there you go. We should we should re-release a new a new version of that, shouldn't we? Yeah, that's twenty eight seconds, and four hundred people have just switched off. <laughs> yeah, white guy from Bristol yeah. trying to rap. Nope. No, no. There goes all our listeners. Yeah, and and thank you for those who are still here. Yeah, that two of you. <laughs> There is no way anyone listening for the first time still here right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll anyone give that one who's gone, yeah, oh yeah, I, I've heard things about that. I'll give that a go. Nope, <laughs> no way, uh, mate. How you doing? Yeah, mate. Uh, good, good. Yeah, it's um, it's a struggle being a Tottenham fan at the moment, isn't it? it really, is a it struggle. It is. It really is. I um, oh. but doesn't it doesn't it feel like our natural state though? You know, like. All this being in the top four, Champions League football every season, generally feeling like you're going to win every game you go into. I mean, that was a weird feeling for the last few years. This kind of, oh, I hope we don't get dicked by this many this week. That's kind of nice. It's back to the 90s. I feel like a kid again. It, it does. It does have that feeling about it, doesn't it? You know, like, we, uh, look, even, what, two years ago. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Sheffield yeah. United are a, a good side. Like, they're yeah, a good side. Yeah. But but they're, yeah. they're they're not uh, you know if they finish in the top half of the table that would be a great achievement for they, them. So. They they nearly promoted this season, weren't they? Yeah. So, so, yeah, they're, they're, so, they're, they're so they're last season, side. last season when we were in the Champions League final, they were in the Championship. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's sorry, mate. Yeah, carry on, carry on with your story. <laughs> but we but listen, t- two years ago, even yeah. last year, maybe not last year, but two years ago, let's say. That was all right. We would have three, four nil, four one. You know, it was going to be yep. a comfortable win. And now, we we literally came away from that game lucky to escape with a draw at home. I celebrated that point <laughs> like a North London That's derby where we win. Are now. <laughs> That's where we are, Sam. Yeah, I know. I I, I made a joke um, a few weeks ago on this podcast, and and it stopped being a joke. <laughs> the joke I made was. Do you know what? I've adjusted my expectations. I'm now back to the 90s. And ever since I've done that, I'm feeling better. Yeah. And I kind of joked and laughed. And now I feel like I really need to do that. Oh, <laughs> my God. Every game I go into, I like look at like the last few years. I've been spoiled. Like, really I, I didn't even, I didn't even look who we were playing next. It didn't matter. We no. were going into that game to win it, and you know sometimes we wouldn't play well, but I knew the next week we'd hammer somebody as a, you know, we have a bad game, but then we'd always bounce back. And now it's oh no. It's Wigan. Oh, oh God, not Wigan. God. Oh, Leeds. We are. Oh no, we've drawn them at home in the FA. Oh no. Oh well, dear. To, you know. To be fair, we could, Sam, we, we, did, could we did draw. lose to Colchester. We lose, lost to Colchester. So I mean, I kind of, I'd be quite frightened of Wigan. To be honest with you. <laughs> my my favourite thing about that is we also played them in the FA Trophy and our under twenty ones beat them. <laughs> yeah. And there were only four changes. I know four changes is still significant, but only four changes from the team that beat our first team. Granted, I know it's a mix and match of the first team squad, but still, only four changes between the lot that beat our first team and our under twenty ones went there and beat. 
mate. I'm What's still. What do you I'm, say? Football's funny. <laughs> Being a Spurs fan's it's, funny, mate. I don't know football. It's a funny old game. Um, so, so this week, I mean, th- this podcast is literally. Uh, I want it to be a little bit cathartic. I want it to be a little bit kind of let's air this stuff. And we we've done it a couple of times talking about you know the situation. But I wanted to kind of focus on this, which is becoming an increasing thing. If you if you're on Twitter, every after every game, it's debated right now, which is pock in, pock out, and it's you know hashtag this, hashtag that, and it's creating a real divide in the fan base, which is never good. Um, it's creating a real hostility as well, um, because a lot of people are very passionate both ways on this this argument. Um, so I thought, you know, me and you would dive into it. We'll play a little bit of devil's advocate with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of it, we'll hopefully not be that drunk. Because I think we do need to drink <laughs> through this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but generally, the idea is we just air some of the stuff. People listening can kind of go, oh, yeah, I see that point of view. I see that point of view. Because the the worst or the, the kind of the biggest issue with this is, is I look at it and I go, I can see both sides to this argument. I, mm. I can see both points of view and both points of view kind of have merit but it's like damned if you do damned if you don't mm. um so yeah let, let's let's talk through this then so let's start with a little bit of uh Maurizio Pochettino my friend how do you feel about our Argentinian manager I I I want him to stay I don't want him to I, I'm a I'm, I'm a Pochin uh yep. camp at the moment yeah because I I, I look Look, he's not won a single trophy in his entire management career. I understand that. But it's almost like, and I know maybe I'm just holding on with the edges of my fingertips to this hope that at some point it's going to click. And I know it's obviously going fairly wrong at the moment. But I saw, listen, I saw, um, I saw on, I think it was on Twitter, a sign uh, held up by uh, a Manchester United fan in the 80s. And I think Man United had, were losing I can't remember who it was they'd lost a game in the league and it was yeah, Ferguson it was, it, out Ferguson out yeah yeah and yeah. and I understand that he, he he didn't need six years or however long Pochettino's had no but I just feel I, I don't know I, I feel like a lot's gone wrong and I know we're going to be talking about the board and things like that and that's where yeah. I feel like the blame's laid l- Lays at the moment. Ooh, so right. you're pocking Levy out. I'm not Levy out, but I'm Ooh, very much controversial. I, I'm not. I'm not happy with the situation. But no, with, okay. as far as Pochettino is concerned, for me, yeah, no. he he's the one that's that's brought this expectation to the club because, like, like we like you said at the beginning, of, beginning, you know, we 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 look back at the nineties, we look back at the early noughties, and you know, we mm. we sort of gradually got better under Yo, and you know, we kind of qualifying for the Europa League, and then Harry yeah. Redknapp brought a bit of that, so we got us the Champions League football for that one season. But where we've where we are now, the level, well, not this moment, but where the club has been under Pochettino for the last three or four years, we've yeah. got the we've got that expectation, I think, of being have, at that level yeah. because of him. You know, yeah, I I felt under Harry Redknapp, and maybe you'll feel differently. I never went into games expecting us to win. Even even that team was really good. And even I looked at our team on paper and thought, you know, we're great. And I looked at, you know, our results. We'd go on these great runs. But I always felt like we were we were just as capable to get thumped by Doncaster. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It was kind of, yep. it was kind yep. of like yep. I still had that feeling with the Redknapp team. Under, under Mauricio, I... 
I lost that feeling. Like yeah. every game we went into, I felt confident. It mm. didn't matter who we were playing. You know, in the Champions League last season, every time there was a draw, I remember people were like, oh, I'd much rather get this team. This I was like, whoever, I don't care. Bring yeah. it on. Yeah. I, I feel good about us. And yeah, we might lose, but I know we'll have a bloody good go at it. Um, and I think the have a bloody good go at it is the kind of thing that's hurt me more this season. Because it feels like we're not having a good go at anything. It feels like there's a real lethargic... Um, going through the motions, clocking in, clocking out kind of attitude to a lot of the squad. Mm. And that, that hurts me. You know, that, that that takes me back to when Pochettino first arrived. And I think I've talked about this loads of times. When he arrived, I have never felt more disconnected from this football club than, than how I did when AVB into that Sherwood, that season. AVB into Sherwood, I have never felt more disconnect like I just didn't care anymore I don't even think I checked the results some some weeks I just I was so gone I was so over it and so like I'd look at the players and think none of you care you know none none of you yeah you know there was like Adebayor he summed it up didn't he yeah yeah he he really did because when he wanted to he'd, he'd be unplayable but only when he wanted to do it, you know, it wasn't a team player at all. The game was about him, not quite as much as Zlatan, by the way. Wow, the ego <laughs> on that guy, almost as big as his nose. Um, did yeah, did Zlatan say something like, did he compare his, his record in the MLS to the entire MLS once or something? Yeah, yeah. so he's left the MLS now and basically his, his goodbye tweet was, I came, I saw, I conquered, you can all go back to watching baseball. <laughs> I'm like, what the f... Seriously? <laughs> the guy, I mean, I'd love to think he's just... It's a joke, you know, yeah. he's kind of being a parody. But then I've seen him interviewed and I'm like, no, you mm. actually... You believe this, don't you? <laughs> you're, you're you're a special kind of guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just right now, I mean, like I said, the disconnect, I'm, I'm starting to feel that now and I hate that. That that thing because this squad of players is the same squad that for the last few years I felt more connected to, more in love with, if you like, than I have for any team since my first team that I really knew in like ninety one. Mm. You know, I can still name that side and I loved all of them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um and, and right now I'm I'm feeling and that it's almost worse for me. It's almost like a a bad divorce, a bad breakup because I'm I'm like feeling this pain every week. Of you know, Christian Eriksen's a guy I've loved watching play for us. Genuinely, I he's been a joy to watch. He, he's worked great in what he's done in the final third and closing down to the creativity, and then he's now he's not even a shadow of himself. He's actually like. You know what they say about if you clone something and a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, it just gradually gets worse. Mm. He's like the last copy of like the fourth thousand. He's just, it's awful. His first touch Mm. was like Sissoko's was two years ago. His touch is gone. His ability to pass a ball has gone. His ability to shoot is pitiful. I mean, he scored a goal the other day and it like bounced off two knees first. You know, Mm. it just. He he just isn't a football player right now. <laughs> you know, you watch him. I mean, he's about to play for Denmark, and he's probably going to be amazing, yep. and that make it even worse. Mm-hmm. Because then there's no doubt in the fact that it's not about form, it's not about anything else, it's about him just yeah. simply not wanting to play for us. Mm. And it, it stings so much when it's a player like that. Um, So, 
Focusing on the manager then, one of the things that I see a lot is we're all looking at this team right now and we're all saying they're not playing as well as they should be. Do you think, you know, you've said about, you know, your pocket in, but don't you think when the team's not playing well, it is his responsibility? It, so there's, there's an aspect of that. There is an aspect, right? So that so with the when the players aren't playing to the best of their ability, you, mm-hmm. you, I guess you then have to look at the coach, the manager, don't you? Yeah. But definitely. I I think the problem is, and I, I know we're trying to focus on Pochettino, but I feel like it's too focused, and then we kind of have to go to you know to other factors. Yeah. yeah. But you know you something you just said a minute ago about how you loved the squad three years ago, and, you, and that's it's, it's, yeah. you're feeling that detachment now. That. What what you the, the 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 point in what you said that that I thought of was that you're saying the squad I, I love three years ago and it is almost exactly the same squad, isn't it? It is, a, yeah. and and that's part of the problem, isn't it? Because you, I, I guarantee, if you look at the squad we we had four years ago to the, the squad we've got now, and you look at yeah. the squad of Liverpool, for example, or Man City, or you know other other teams like that, I mm. guarantee that we would have vast majority of the players still playing for us now because we've had such so little kind of um, regeneration and recycling of of, of the squad yeah. and, I, and I feel that's so important and, and we've obviously we've, we had those two windows where we didn't make a single signing which we spoke about quite a lot last season yeah we did yeah and this season we signed three players and I know now Lachelso is starting to play and Sessignon obviously made made his debut as well. Yeah, if, if they if they both get inter- injured on international break, by the way, I'm done. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, mate. Yeah. But but yeah. It, but we 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 just we've we've got a stale squad, haven't we? I know we've spoken about this in podcasts uh, before over the yeah. last few weeks. Yeah. But we've we've got we've got a squad where you know and you you've, you've you know you went through a lot of the players like the two centre backs Toby and Yan yeah. and then the two, and then the full backs Rose and uh, Aurier and obviously Ericsson is a major one. We just oh, Serge Aurier. Yeah, I mean, like I I I think um, come January because I mean obviously January can be important for us. It's a shame that it's it's January and it's not the summer because. You know, it's always difficult, isn't it, to to make make yeah. and, uh, sign players and sell players. As Danny Rose has alluded to, the fact that he's not going to go in, in January. But yeah, I, 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 I want to I want to talk about. Yeah, Danny no worries. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but I, I I I genuinely think that there needs to be a huge shake up of this squad because mm. there, there's players like Ericsson who has got incredible ability. Like he's not, isn't he's always for me always been just shy of being world class. He's he's had a a huge amount of ability, but there's always I felt some like you know even when he was no, I, playing well, I think he's dead no, balls. I, I I agree with you. Um, I think to be world class, you have to be at a consistent level, which he's never quite. He's done. never quite got that. Yeah. So, but but we still we 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 miss we're missing the player. I mean, what 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 we need to do is Ericsson has to go. There is no point having Ericsson in, in anywhere near our squad at the moment. Is he needs to go? And to be fair, I don't know. Obviously, Danny Rose is not going to go, but the likes of him and Oreo, they have to go. We've just got. It's not even. It's not even a case of them not playing. They've just got to be out of that, out of the club because yeah. it, it's it's just players that like. I think you said. What was it? Checked out. You said the other week. It's like they've checked out and. Yeah. And it's it's just as you can see, it's it's affecting. Like, and if this if this kind of rot as I'd like to think of it continues mm. uh, past January I, I know that sounds dramatic and, I, and I'm not normally the sort of person that buys into this but 
it feels like it's going to be a relegation scrap, mate. That's yeah, how it does. feels at the moment. We, we, there's, yeah. there's nothing. The players, the team have got nothing. It's, it's bizarre. I mean, I went to see them play Palace when we beat them Palace 4-0. Yeah. And that feels like a freak result. It's like, you know, when you get teams that are near the bottom of the league and they get yeah. a freak foot, freak foot, fo- like Norwich beat Man yeah. City. I felt like that was yeah. a freak result for us as opposed to the norm, which it normally is. It feels yeah. like a freak result, whereas everything else that's happening, like, I mean, what we play Brighton away home to Watford, uh, home to Sheffield United. We've got two points out of those three games. Last three or four seasons, you could say nine, wouldn't you? It would be nine points. You'd, you'd look at those fixtures and you'd be, without a doubt, saying that you know that should be maximum points. We all know that sometimes in football you show up and it's a bad day. I think everybody, although it's frustrating and it's angry, you know, angry at the time. As long as the team banks back straight away, you're kind of like, you know, that can happen in football. Anyone can lose on any given day. It's part of the reason why we love the game. Of course. But right now, I think I said it to you. Whereas in the last few years under this manager, we've always felt if we lost a game, we definitely win the next one. I, I don't feel that at doesn't all. Doesn't feel like um, it at all, mate. Does it? Because no. it doesn't. It doesn't look like the players, uh, bar Sonny, who genuinely looks like he's gonna cry at the end of some of these games. Um, it doesn't look like they care, mm. um, which is beyond hurtful. And like I said, it's part of why I've got that disconnected feeling. It's it's just. It's like they've gone onto the pitch, they've kicked the ball around for 90 minutes, don't care about the result, and then they've gone home. Do, 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 you, know, do you know what, Sam? You look, look at, I mean, that's an interesting point, actually, talking about Sonny as well, because if you think about it, right, actually think about it, can you name, how many players can we name that you know are fully committed and, and you know, they've, they've, they're, all they want is the best for the club? I mean, I can think, like, Kane's not been playing too great at the moment, but I still feel like he, the club is everything to him at the moment. Um. See, if you're asking me who I who I think, um, I'd say Harry Kane, Harry Winks. Um, I'd say uh, Hugo Lloris. I'd say Sonny. Um, I think the new people. I think Ryan Sessegnon just seems to desperate to play and play well for yeah, us. Um, yeah. Whether I'd put him in the bracket, I don't know yet. I think obviously the other two new guys are just looking around, going, "Wow." I joined the Champions League finalists. What the hell is this crap? <laughs> I do want a relegation yeah. scrap. Yeah. Training facilities are great. The stadium is great. Who are these wankers yeah, that look yeah. like the team that were so good last year? Mm. Um, it, it, unfortunately, it's not an easy list to put together mentally. I'm sure there are others, without a doubt. And, you know, there's there's a big thing. You know, I said we'd come on and talk about Danny Rose, but... I watched Danny Rose play. I don't think it's a lack of effort on Danny's part that he's performing under where he should be. Um, You know, I watch him and I I see him try and get back. You know, it's, it's like his concentration's not quite there, which comes with being distracted, with being unhappy, you know, because that happens to anybody. Anyone thinks about their workplace, their job, and you've got something on your mind. You are distracted. You're mm. not as productive. You're not as, you know, you're not as good a employee. You're not as good as your job when your mind is focused on something else. We've all been there, and Absolutely. it happened to us. And we've seen it with colleagues. And it's pretty clear that Danny's unhappy. Mm. And you know, he's done this interview yesterday where he's basically said, "The club hierarchy have told me they won't be gone. The manager still wants me here, so I'm staying." Um. And the reason why I wanted to talk about that is because it kind of opens up another what I see to be what 
what feels like an even bigger problem at the club and that is I've always had this perception that the relationship with between Pochettino and Daniel Levy was really good they present a very united front in public but over the summer we know the manager was very vocal about the fact that he you know felt he wasn't a manager anymore because he had no say in transfers and then we also heard that they had a dinner together to try and clear the air and they were back you know back on board and now we've got Danny Rose just dropping this little little bombshell you know buried within the interview the headlines all about him running down his contract but when you actually read the words of Daniel Levy told me there's no new contract for me and he wanted to sell me but Mauricio Pochettino still has complete faith in me and is is backing me. Where do we go with that? Mm. <laughs> do you see what I mean? It's, it's the conflict because, that's there, isn't it? Yeah. Because there, there's two ways... I mean, I, I know there's always two ways of looking at things, but there's two ways of looking at it. One, there is a clear problem where the manager is like, I support Danny, I think Danny's still a very good left-back and I want him in the team. And the, the club's going he's too old for the club we want him sold now or is this a case of the manager in Mauricio Pochino is making the best out of the situation he's in perhaps he was of the opinion Danny should go because I want to bring in someone younger more dynamic at fullback and because he's not gone the manager's trying to make the best out of that by saying of course I've got faith in you because I I know for a fact from all the information, all the interviews, you know, it's out there. Anyone can read it. Mauricio Pochettino has said that he sat down with several players in the summer to tell them, you know, thank you so much, but to take this club on, I think I, you know, I think you're not up to that level. And then he's alluded to the fact that most of those players are still with us. Mm. <laughs> now, Again, I've, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but if you, again, attribute this to your own work life, like for me, for example, if I'm working, my manager sits me down and goes, look, I don't think you're up to this job anymore. Um, we're going to let you go. And then, I, you know, I've been given my notice sort of thing and I'm looking for another job. You know, my mind's going to be like, oh, you know, am I going to bloody hell, you know, I'm going to pay my bills. What the hell's going on? What's going to happen with me? Am I going to have to move? Because the thing about footballers as well, a move to another club sometimes means moving to a different country mm. or moving, you know, if you're playing in London and Newcastle want to sign you, you know, that's, that's a that's a big move for your family, etc. So, you know, you, you've got your minds going over all of that, you know, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, that month goes by and it's, oh, actually, no, you're staying. You, you, on second thoughts, you are good enough. I, I, I stand by the fact it's human nature. You're going to be feeling a little bit aggrieved about that or a little bit why why should I run through walls for this guy this club when they don't want me do you know what extending your analogy a little bit uh, which is quite interesting so instead of so instead of saying to so you you basically get said that you're not good enough we're going to put you on one month's notice and then you're gone and then pulling you into the office and saying do you know what you're still going but we're going to extend your notice to 18 months you've got to work 18 month notice 
what, what I've got yeah. haven't I've got, I've got work, no, my notice for 18 months and that's what he's doing and that's what the, some of the other players are doing they're, work, they're working an extended notice basically aren't they in essence yeah and and, and that's and you're, you're spot on like you know I've, I've worked for a few companies in the past and it's yeah. just human nature when you're on notice you know you're leaving you're not yeah. going to put as much effort in it's just no, it's just not. human nature isn't it you, you combine that with the players who are hoping to sign these pre-contracts in January, like Ericsson, Toby and Jan, they know if they get seriously injured in this run-up to January, there isn't going to be a club who's going to be willing to sign them up to a deal because they'll say, look, we'll wait till the summer, see how you are. Because that's because of their age. Jan and Toby more so, I think. Christian, possibly, if he picked up an injury, people would still take a view on it because he's younger. But Jan and Toby both know... They like Toby does his hamstring, he's buggered. Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. he ain't gonna get a deal like he wants. And those three people especially have got agents in their ear, just four more weeks, you know, just six more weeks, whatever it is, and then, you know, you've got ten million coming to you, you've got five million coming to you, you've got a signing on fee of this, you know, well, I've been promised this. No one's under any illusion that they've not spoken to other clubs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're not stupid, we know how it works. So when you combine that you've got a group of players who, like you say, are in essence working their notice, which I think, despite this interview, includes Rose, Aurier. You know, look at our back four. Rose, Aurier, Toby and Jan, all four of them really should have gone either the summer before or this summer. You know, over the last three windows, those four should have been replaced. Mm. So we're now with this situation where our back four, that's arguably the back four that Mauricio Pochettino is picking right now, is our strongest back four. None of them want to stay at the club. Yeah, exactly. None of them None of them care. I mean, I watched the game against Sheffield United and I watched Serge Aurier lose the ball and walk back down the touchline. Didn't run, didn't even jog. Mm. The bloke strolled like it was a walk in the park. He broke into a little bit of a trot as he went past the benches, you know, possibly, you know, look, look, I am trying to the point that when I was watching the game, I put in our group chat, you may have noticed Aurier's injured because I could not possibly believe that a professional footballer playing under our manager would be that lazy. Mm. And lo and behold, nothing wrong with him. He just don't care. Yeah. When you're dealing with that, that level of zoned out, there is no wonder our results are awful. And and, and that's the thing, Sam, because look, we started this this discussion with you saying, look, does does the buck stop at Pochettino? Mm. And it it does to an extent, but at the same time, you know, it's like we're, we're, you know going back to sort of you know the analogy used with offices and you know handing in notices and things like that. When when you're a manager and managing people. It's it's an extremely difficult thing to do, isn't it? it is. I mean, I I don't I haven't got any experience. I don't think in management. I'm trying to think. I know I haven't, but mm. I do have conversations with managers, and they always tell me, uh, "Well, actually, do you know what? I, I, what I can think of is being. I'm part of my my little boy's parent teacher association. I'm the yeah. got got somehow putting ended up as the chair somehow. <laughs> so nice. it's and it, to an extent that's managing right. people, isn't it? You I, know. So, I hope that is on your business card. <laughs> Do you know what, mate? No, you're Matt, right. <laughs> Cape Crusader by night, PTA chair by day. Do, do you know what, Sam? Do you know what happened? Just going off, going off on a little bit of a tangent. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I was when I a couple of years ago when I 
uh, uh, decided to be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Uh, it was in a, it was around about that time, and the, and the current chair was was leaving because they were moving to a different town. So I just yeah. a few of the mums and Vicky as well said to me, just go along to the meeting and you know see what you think. And I literally got voted in in the first meeting. I turned up at this meeting and I somehow got voted in. Yeah. I was completely hoodwinked into this, yeah. and I still yeah, haven't been you, able to escape. You got, you got stitched up. Right there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it, it, that gives me a, a fit. Like I'm, I'm not managing the other parents, but I'm kind of no. having to organise things. And when you, when you deal with other people, it's it's very it's you know it, it's kind of like I, for example, with this you know sticking with with the PTA, I, I have a philosophy that I want to be quite o- open and it's you know. Uh, let everyone get involved and everything and and it's quite hard to get everyone on the same page with it sometimes because you're dealing with your other human beings and I think for a good three or four years Poggettino he's had a very young squad very enthusiastic squad you know the names that are coming to mind you've got Dyer Kane um Delhi, you know these these young hungry players like Cessignon is now, I, I guess, and they're yeah. very much bought into the philosophy. And you know you've got lots of Ty, Toby and Yang that were a few years younger, and every, everyone was committed to this. Like this is this is this is Poch's, uh, Poch's philosophy. Uh, you know he, he kind of lends it a bit from. I think he wants to go like we're, like I said this before. He wants to go the, the Ferguson route of this is my philosophy. You're playing for the club, and and you know he, he wants to go along those lines, but yeah. because because we're at this situation now where the contracts have been run down and players are, like we've said, technically just working an extended notice. I, I can't, I can't put the blame on him because he's doing all he can, isn't he? From, from what, from what he's been, for what he's been given, I think he's doing all he can. And there's only so much a coach, a, a manager can do. And yeah, I, that's why I can't blame him. I, I can't, Look at Poch when, and go. It's your fault. I can't. When, when it when it comes down to, I mean, again, and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but if, for example, this was, see, I'm, I'm trying to work out the best way of wording it, but we, as a club, with the new stadium, Champions League finalists last year, a squad of players that, let's face it, if we were to do a fire sale, the top teams in Europe would be picking our bones. Mm. You know, because they're all there's a whole squad of quality there. We should not be in a relegation. You know, we, we should not be in a relegation fight. So, if we're looking at this right now and we're saying Mauricio Pochino has not actually done anything wrong. You know, and we look at it and we, we're being objective and we say he's been dealt a really crappy hand. He's had to manage a club who didn't have a home ground for the best part of two seasons. He's had to manage a club with a budget of, let's face it, a, a team at the bottom half of the Premier League. Certainly not a budget of a team at the top half. Um, an interesting statistic over the last five years, so during Mauricio's reign, our net spend is 17th. Wow. So, yeah. And two of the teams below us have only just been promoted. Wow. So what that tells you is that out of every team in the Premier League over the last five years, we're basically bottom for spending money. Mm. Now, I know the net spending's a little bit kind of... Um, you know, we, we made a lot of jokes, net spend trophy winners. Um, but <laughs> it, it's it a can be deceptive, bit, can't it? Well, it can be deceptive because you could make signings and sell a few, bit of deadwood, which improves the side, and it balances. You know, we all we all kind of laugh when you know 
Daniel Levy signs Victor Wanyama for 11 million and sells a youth player for you know, Bentaleb for 22 million and we're all going <laughs> what genius yeah. um and and but then all of a sudden your you know your net spends minus 11 million and you're kind of like wow we're, we've just improved the squad massively and we haven't spent a penny wow yeah. what a genius that guy is uh, but but the net spend thing I think is important. I think it does illustrate what the job Mauricio has done, which is on uh, like I said a bottom of the table budget with no home ground for two years. Let's face it, you know he turned White Hart Lane into probably the most intimidating ground in the country. Pep Guardiola described his first game in England at White Hart Lane as a lesson. Yeah, in how. English football could be and he mm. said and he had to learn from that lesson yes boys and girls I watched the Man City documentary <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm really really looking forward to the Tottenham oh, one don't mate don't oh, it's gonna be aces <laughs> every time something crap happens I'm like oh I can't wait to watch that oh Christ uh, in, in marvellous Technicolor <laughs> but yeah so accepting that everything that's happened and we kind of look at it and go do you know what He's been dealt this ridiculously crappy hand, and therefore this isn't his fault. Do you not still think, though, that we can accept, Mauricio, this isn't your fault, but clearly this squad isn't responding to you anymore. We need to get somebody else in who can get them, because at the moment we're not going to be buying 10 to 15 players in January because our owners certainly aren't suddenly going to change their mind on that and this is the squad we have so perhaps it needs a new manager to come in with fresh things to freshen everything up so everyone's got fresh training fresh ideas lift everybody and lift us as a club away from that relegation dogfight yeah I mean I'll be gutted to see him go I really would. I'd be mm. gutted. Like you know, I love Moritz yeah. Pochettino, but there there is an there is an element of that. You, you know, you're probably right. Um, I mean, I, I, how how so to follow that up? Because I, I'm with you. I I I would hate to see him leave because I genuinely have the belief that we are right on the cusp of something. And this season is crap. However, he he told us this. You know, he has been honest and upfront with us for ages that this club needed to be brave in making signings. That didn't happen. Being brave to Daniel Levy meant, oh, okay, we won't buy anyone for two, two winners. <laughs> you know, what can happen? That's pretty brave. And then he said about how painful the rebuild would be. All of us thought saying goodbye to people would be painful in the summer. Unfortunately, it's been painful because those people didn't leave and it's being dragged out and it's it's painful. <laughs> you know, watching mm. the way we are playing is painful right now knowing that we've got players in the squad who want to leave, knowing not knowing if we're signing people, etc. It is painful. So, But our manager, or our coach, <laughs> whichever he is this week, has made that abundantly clear to us. So I kind of look at that and go, the guys, everything he said has been spot on. Everything he's achieved for us against all of those obstacles I mentioned a minute ago has been well above the expectations. You know, going into his management, our expectations were fifth, sixth, try and get top four. If we can finish above Arsenal, well, hey, great season. Mm. He achieved that and made it the norm. Of course. You know, we have finished above Arsenal for the last three years to the point that last year I went, well, of course we did. Mm. There was there, that's not an achievement anymore. That's mm. what should happen. Five years ago, that we hadn't done it for how many years? Yeah. Twenty? What? Thirty? I don't know. 
so he he lifted the whole club up to the position he's in, and I feel like he is now being hung by the expectations that he gave us. You know, he gave us that. So for me, I would be devastated to see him leave because I still genuinely believe, given the right backing, he can do it. So given that, and given my feeling, given your feeling, let's let's ask ourselves this question though. If this continues, and like you said, I'm the same as you. I feel like if these results continue, this level of performance continues into Christmas, we're in a relegation fight. Mm. Do we make a change? You know, do you make a change? When do you make a change? I, you've got the January transfer window. We have to do something. The club always say, "Oh, it's difficult," and rarely do anything in January. We have to do something. There, there. The club has to invest. There, there's just. To me, it is borderline criminal management of a business if you do not do something in this January window. Mm. You know, like, I I manage my business, and there are certain times where I have to take action to do things, to do stuff. And genuinely, if my business was to fail, and I hadn't taken those actions, I get dragged in front of, you know, (laughs) the government, basically to say, Oi, all these people lost their jobs and everything... You could have done this, you could have done this, you could have done that. Why didn't you? I I am of the opinion that right now, as a business, Tottenham Hotspur PLC, the biggest part of this business is football. And the football side needs a kick. It needs something. And there is an easy option, and then there's a hard option. The easy option, in my opinion, is they boot the manager and they bring in someone else to the end of the season... There's a massive rumour at the moment about a certain manager who's willing to step in till the end of the year. Um, you know, high-profile name. I'll, I'll say it, Jurgen Klingsman. There's a lot of rumours about Jurgen coming back and just signing a deal to take us to the end of the season. There is a massive rumour about Glenn Hoddle being approached to step in and do the same job. The, these are There's nothing I can verify in that. These are just flying around here, there and everywhere. But the fact is, what, I, I don't know. The fact is, I honestly don't see that any manager that gets appointed, if he is being dealt the same hand by the owners, could do a better job. Like yeah. Jose Mourinho would never take this job because he'd have no money to spend. Yeah, of course, yeah. I, I don't think there's any manager out there that, that could not only just do do as good a picture, but wouldn't, wouldn't come close to what Potch has done with, with the constraints no. he's had. I don't think there is. No, the fact is that the clubs that want Pochettino to be their next manager is Real Madrid, Manchester United and Bayern Munich. Now, Tottenham fans want him sacked. Yeah. Those clubs are, you know, Bayern Munich have, they've, their chairman or whatever has said, yeah, yeah, we, we'd love to bring him. You know, he's a fantastic manager, fantastic record. He's done an amazing job at Tottenham. Who wouldn't want to, you know, him to come across... Now, if I was if I was Mauricio Pochettino right now, I'd be looking at that thinking, "What a fantastic job offer that is!" You know, Bayern Munich, you're in a you're in a league that isn't quite the insanity of Spain, where you take one of the big jobs and you're fired after five minutes because one of your players missed a goal. And yet, you so you can go to a club like that, but be it one of the genuine European giants, you're going to pad your CV with trophies pretty easily domestically. To me, that would be a bloody attractive proposition. So what do our owners do now? 
they have to do something to show to him that no, you know, you sign that new deal, it is a new project, and that new project is going to take, you know, last window, the next window, and probably the window after that, for us to kick on. Let's do it together. And they have to show that, because if they don't, I'm of the opinion that the manager might leave of his own accord. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? You just you just give me a thought that I'd never really thought about before. Yeah. You know, we talk about the players like Ericsson that's mentally checked out and, and players like that. You, you wonder. And it's just me literally just thinking, of, like, yeah. you know, thinking it's probably not the case. But if he knows there's three huge clubs that would have him at a drop of a hat. Yeah. Well, maybe he's, maybe he's not <laughs> checked out, but just... Yeah. Yeah, he has, no, his heart's not in uh, it anymore. No, it's a massive. It's a really valid point, and I'm glad you brought it up because it is, like I said to you earlier on about us playing kind of devil's advocate with each other. Because it is a, he has not seemed himself this season one bit. All the way from pre-season to now, he has been aggressive with the press when he was always very jovial. He he's been cagey he's been you know interviews he just doesn't look happy you know me and dan on our spurs news page joke constantly that when we won a game we had to wait to listen to him say i am so very happy <laughs> because that was how we knew the game was good you know that's how, that that was kind of you know the game's finished now the manager says i am so very happy and then we're done that's it great we can all go for a beer now he answered that once, right. <laughs> you know. Mm. Don't get me wrong; the team haven't given him a reason to, but there just there does feel like he's just unhappy, and it feels like he's going to work and he is struggling. And it is infinitely possible that yeah, he is kind of got to this place where he's like, I can't fix this. You know, with the tools I've been given, I, I can't I can't do anything about this. Mm. That would, you know, that's that's not saying he's mentally checked out necessarily, but just that he's reached a point where it's like, I can't, you know, you've been asking me to perform miracles for four or five years. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting into this training ground at seven in the morning. I'm leaving at seven at night. I'm traveling all over Europe. I'm traveling all over this country. I'm doing all these things, all these games. I'm babysitting all these players, talking to them every single day because they're unhappy about this, unhappy about that. And I'm done. <laughs> you know, you know, when the club's not doing well, Daniel Levy isn't calling to a press conference twice a week to explain what's going on. The yeah, manager course. is. Yeah, of course. I, the thing, I'm at this point where it's like I wouldn't blame him for feeling that way. Mm. But, and like I said, I, I'm just struggling. Struggling massively to, to where to point the blame. Because at the same time, you know, you said about the higher-ups. Daniel Levy, the owners of the club. The owners of the club have not changed. Their their policy, their philosophy has not changed. Tottenham Hotspur is an investment for Enoch. Daniel Levy is a Tottenham fan. I have got no doubt in my mind that his whole raison d'etre for being our chairman is to build something at the club that goes on for years and years and years and his thinking is constantly long term the training facilities upgrade the player uh, accommodation at that site the stadium all of that is long term all of that is to help the club be a bigger club for the next 10 to 20 30 years from our point of view as the fans, it kind of feels like we're experiencing 
the pain right now of that massive shift. I saw someone write on our page about if we hadn't spent the money on the stadium and we'd spent that money on players and we were still at White Hart Lane, do you think we'd been winning trophies by now? I, I, I gotta say, yeah, because at White Hart Lane we 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 looked unbeatable. <laughs> well, we was that last season. We, we like we, we won we, seventeen and drew yeah. two of the of the nineteen yeah. home games. Yeah, and and you kind of look at that and you go, yeah, but we could only fit thirty six and a bit thousand people in there, yeah. and you cannot compete at the level of the super clubs around Europe with that stadium. It was impossible. So we had to make the change that we did. And that change, like, like we're talking about, I 100% believe the manager's been let down by the higher-ups in terms of recruitment and sales of players and contracts. Christian Eriksen, two and a bit years ago, should have had a contract to put in front of him that was fantastic. And if he refused to sign it, he should have been sold then. Mm-hmm. Toby should have been sold a long time ago. The fact he hasn't smacks to me of strange things going on. £25 million for one of the best centre-backs in Europe, probably, arguably one of the best in a long time, and no one bought him this summer. That There's a reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm failing to see what that reason is other than his wage demands must have been ridiculous, uh, or people felt it was ridiculous compared to you know what we'd offered him, etc. Um but players at the club, their contract situation should never have happened. The, the lack of signing should never have happened. The lack of player departure should never have happened. That belongs at board level. That belongs at Daniel Levy's door. However, we did have a massive stadium cock-up, which took his focus completely and utterly. Does that make him blameless? Not at all. The guy should have appointed a director of football. He should have realised there's only so many hours in a day. There's a million and one things I hope he's learned from this experience, which means it'd be better going forward. But I I am of that opinion. I can't entirely blame him. He, like with Mauricio Pochino, where I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's got to carry some of this can. I, I, but I can't completely blame him. With Daniel Levy, I can't, you know, I think a lot of the responsibility that Mauricio's suffering for is at his level. It should be at his door, not the manager's. But at the same time, I do appreciate the circumstances of what was going on. So I can't, you know, like you said earlier on, you're not Levy out either. I'm the same. I'm I'm kind of like, yeah, I can understand all the crap that you went through. I can understand the split focus. I'm not very happy about it, but it, yeah, I do get it. And so, where do we go now? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're right. We, we've like we've so I I think the reason why we're struggling, the reason why we're having this terrible run of results and terrible form and playing badly, is because of Levy dropping the ball with the play contract. So, mm-hmm. you know, just like you said, the, the like it's it's becoming more increasingly obvious that, that the players aren't performing because. They're unhappy yeah. because we've got players that come into their contracts. Players been told they can go and not go in. All these odd things that are happening, and it's it's basically because he he's focused on that stadium. And and you're right, he's he's a Spurs fan, so yeah. he's focused on the stadium because he wants the club. He wants Tottenham Hotspur to have the be- one of the best stadiums in Europe, which we do have. So yeah. he has put the focus into that, and so it, it's not coming from a bad place that he's. He's to blame for the rest of it, but it's his fault. Like you know, he 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 took his focus off the players yeah. to focus on the ground, 
And it's because of that we are now in a mess. We're in a complete and utter mess. Do you think, and unfortunately, I don't think ego would allow, but like, for example, I learned through my business, and I had a very sizable ego with some of the stuff I was doing and things, and I didn't ever want to admit I was wrong. But I learned through experience, life experience, that sometimes you have to kind of stand up actually and go, do you know what? That was on me. And I've take you know, I take that on board. We've I've learned the lesson from it. Please, you know, please for you know, please forgive me for that. I had best interests of everyone at heart, but we now need to move forward. I think a lot of the fan base and I think a lot of the unsettlement around Mauricio Pochettino and the squad could be resolved by Daniel Levy almost taking it on a chin in a press conference of, you know, we're not doing very well. We didn't make any signings for two seconds. That was on me, you know. Um, the club had money to spend, but not the amount that we needed to improve certain positions, um, which would have been if the stadium had overrun, etc. Um, however, you know, that's not the situation now. The stadium's open, you know, everything's moving forward. And, you know, every window this going forward, we're going to be looking to do business, improve the squad. We're fully behind the manager and, you know, please everyone accept, you know, accept that this is an error on our part. Now we move forward. I, I don't think in a million years that could happen. But do you think if he did, do you think that would actually help or do you think that would just add fuel to the fire? Yeah, it would take the focus off, off Pochettino, wouldn't it? I mean, the, the yeah. thing the thing is, I, I, I've said this before with, with, with Levy, it, it's Painly obvious, he's a very good, very, very good businessman. He's also yeah. a very big Spurs fan, right? So we know those two things. But the yeah. problem is, he doesn't have a football brain. So, yeah. so you know, when it comes to to transfer dealings, he can get you've, you can get Van der Vaart for eight million, which is just the most incredible deal I think I've ever known in my yeah. lifetime. You know, yeah. but he can also piss off a lot of chairman like he does because Muscle, of the way yeah. he plays hardball. So. He he he's very very good with the, the way he deal. Like the, the, I think if you take uh, if you take his, his sort of the, his business uh, acumen and move it to a different type of business, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. Uh, you know he wouldn't he wouldn't be getting any criticism. This would be this is this guy. He's a genius. He's a business genius, and he's yeah. and I think he is a business genius. But the problem is, this business genius doesn't. He's not compatible with football. So so he 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 does. Fantastic deal, like you know, he, made, he does incredible deals. Like, sold Trippier for like, what did we get for him? 23, 24 million. Yeah, we got yeah, yeah. we got ridiculous amount of money for him. Like you say, we got we, we sold yeah. Bentaleb for like twice as much as we we bought Wanyama for. Yeah. These are fantastic deals, but the problem is, it doesn't it it it, it causes problems, which is what we're seeing now. So yeah. he's focused on that stadium, and given us this incredible stadium, which is just yep. brilliant. It's like incredible. But because he took the focus off the players, and no matter how much Pochettino was just at every press conference was like, "Please, like we need, I need, like listen to me, yeah. like you're not obviously like, listening to me." He was desperate for like to get the message across that we need investment, we need to regenerate this squad, and it never happened. Wow. And that's why we're now facing what we're facing. And, yeah. and 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 as much as I don't, I don't want Levy out. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to keep him as a chair, as a chairman. I think the blame ultimately lays with him. I just genuinely think that's where it, where it ultimately lays with. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think there's no two ways about it. I agree with you. I think the club needs to learn lessons from this. You know, um, someone said something to me the other day, and it, it sort of 
it was something I knew, but at the same time, hearing it said out loud was like, damn, yeah. Um, Daniel Levy went through 13 managers in 11 seasons before Mauricio Pochettino. Wow, yeah. I mean, I knew that, but just hearing it again was kind of like, damn, he doesn't work well with people. Mm. <laughs> you know, to build a relationship with this guy, people get frustrated with him, he gets frustrated with them. He's made some awful managerial appointments. You know, Jack Santini was atrocious. Terrible, yeah. Um, you know, Juan de Ramos, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what the hell happened there? I mean, AVB thing, there are still some Spurs fans who really like him. But I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. Um, so... He has done that, and at the same time, he then kind of course-corrected. You know, that after Juan de Ramos, we had Harry Redknapp. And we all loved that kind of buccaneer style for a few years. And then Harry Redknapp got let go, <laughs> you know, unceremoniously. Mm. Goodbye. Mm. Um, we're going to try something with AVB, and then that was awful. And then we had Tim Sherwood appointed as a permanent manager. I mean, to this day, <laughs> I'm still saying that out loud. Tim Sherwood... <laughs> was appointed permanent manager of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. That lasted six months out of a two-year appointment he was given. And then you brought in Mauricio Pochettino, who at the time, I was kind of like, who? What? Yeah, he's done okay at Southampton, but what? Mm. And we've moved forward as a club so much during his reign. And it is awful feeling like it's ending this way it feels almost mm. inevitable which is what yeah. I think is getting to me the most it's like every week that goes by it's like oh we're just getting closer to the end now yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I said about him coming out and making a statement and now I don't think in a million years he'll do that and this is why and it disappoints me a lot is I almost feel like both camps both Mauricio Portugino and Daniel Levy are entrenching themselves a little bit to kind of point the blame at each other the board you know Daniel Levy isn't backing the manager at no point has he put a statement out you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Man United's had a statement to back him um, Unai Emery at Arsenal has had a statement to back him at Tottenham nothing mm. there's no word yet and a few people have read into that now don't get me wrong there's that old dreaded vote of confidence thing <laughs> you know yeah, hey, you know, yeah. we have complete faith in him we get donked 5-0 and it's like yeah he's sacked <laughs> But he said nothing, and it feels a little bit like Daniel Levy's isolating himself, like, well, you know, he's got a great squad of players there, and he's messed it up, so when I sack him, that's why. And he's watching the fans turn on him as well, and to his point of view, it's kind of like, ah, no one's at the ground shouting Daniel Levy out, there's a fair few there shouting Pock out, sadly. Mm. Mm. Um, and then you've got the situation where Mauricio Pochettino is in press conferences saying I'll call me a coach not a manager because you know transfers clearly aren't my thing that was a big kind of like wow what mm. the hell um, and then you've got him saying things like you know I wanted to do this I wanted to do this it didn't happen <laughs> you know he's kind of made his point abundantly clear to anybody who's been listening and other clubs clearly think it's not his fault because other clubs are lining up to take him. So, I, I don't know, man. It just feels painful, and I think we've talked about this for the best part of an hour, and I don't think we're actually any closer to having any kind of resolution in our minds of what the best thing to do is. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it's do you stick or do you twist kind of situation. And I 
<laughs> oh yeah, I was going to call this podcast "Remain or or Pox It." <laughs> and and then I realised Poxit sounds a little bit like something you might need a cream for. So, so I, uh, well, you I, could do. I you could go pre- Prexit, maybe. No, no, <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, no. Um, Sprexit from the Premier League. Sprexit. Yeah, I um, I, I just so let's kind of wrap this up then. Um, if 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 it was me, so I, Daniel Levy has quit. Um. Joe Lewis has said, Sam, it's time for you to step in as the chairman. You know, you're you're a great guy. I like you. And I step in as the chairman of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. On my first day, I'll sit down with the manager and I'll say, do you want to stay here? You know, literally, I would be that blunt. Do you want to stay here? Do you want to do something? And if he said, yeah, I'd say, right, what do you need in January to turn this around? And that would be, I would back him over appointing somebody else because somebody else coming in you might get that bump of enthusiasm you might get that you know you see squads kind of like go a bit stale under a manager and then they get that bump from a new way of coaching a new way of training you know everyone gets that lift and results improve but at the same time the problems in our squad I do not believe are manager driven. I believe they are hierarchy driven. Mm. Danny Rose doesn't have a problem with Mauricio Pochettino. He said it yesterday to the whole world. Serge Aurier, he actually said didn't have a problem with Mauricio Pochettino, but he wanted to leave the club. Um, Toby and Yan contract situation. You know, Toby's dad banned from the club by Daniel Levy. Jan wanted to stay at the club in the summer, made it abundantly clear what to sign a new deal because of his age, isn't getting offered one. Christian Eriksen, two years ago, like I said, should have been offered a sign this or leave deal. He didn't. Mm. He was, you know, I don't think a new manager coming in will get that kind of bump because I don't, like I said, I don't believe this is manager driven. I think any new manager coming into this squad, the only people who could come in Right, genuinely now, who could possibly give it a lift would be a massive named manager. And we as a club won't appoint those massive named manager because we haven't got the money to offer them. Of course. Mm. You know, I, I see fans talking about what well, Jose Mourinho, bring Mourinho in. Jose Mourinho, every club he goes to, spends a fortune every window. When have we ever done that? Yeah, exactly. It just, it just won't happen. You know, Daniel Levy is not suddenly going to change. Joe Lewis is the owner, is not suddenly going to change. They bought Tottenham for like 50 million quid and it's now worth 2 billion. To them, they're sat there smiling. They know that this, at some point, they're going to sell it and go off into the sunset. That, you know, we got to accept that. You've got to accept that's the ownership of the club. It'd be great if we had owners that were like, okay, I've got a spare 250 million I need to write off from you know, a third world country. <laughs> I'm going to pump it in the transfers. Give it a go. Um, but that ain't going to happen. So we got to accept where we are with our owners and accepting that we got to look at the managerial appointments that can be made. I mean, I'm seeing people talk about Eddie Howe. I like Eddie Howe. I think he's done a fantastic job at Bournemouth. But how is he an upgrade on our current manager? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. He's not. Yeah. Not even a little bit. And also, if you're Harry Kane... You know, I say this with the greatest respect in the world. Eddie Howe being appointed as your new manager isn't going to make you think, yep, this club's definitely on the up. Mm. You're going to think, we are sideways at best, Mm. and we are not doing well. 
how is that going to entice your best players to feel inspired to, to kick on in things? It's not. And like I said, I don't mean that disrespectfully to Eddie Howe because I think the job he's doing is phenomenal. But he is not an upgrade on Mauricio Pochettino. And if you're going to sack a manager, you need to be upgrading him. You need to be doing it because there is someone who you believe is better who can kick the club forward, not go sideways or backwards. Yeah, I agree, mate. I completely agree. There you go. That's my humble opinion. Um, <laughs> so before we go, I did put a thing out on our Facebook page. I'm not going to play the cool intro music this week. I'm just going to read them out because you lot don't deserve the cool intro music <laughs> and and the fact that I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> We've come to the truth in the end, sir. <laughs> yeah, which is far more to the point. Um, so, yeah, we've got a... Let's have a look, because it says I've got five comments, but I can only read four, which probably means someone swore their head off. Um, so the first one up is from Simon Whiteman. Hi, Simon. Um, nothing except to say, please pass our best wishes along to Matt and his family. Oh, thanks for that. I appreciate that, mate. That's very kind. Yeah. Michael Joseph says, fuck Matt and his family. That's not very nice, <laughs> Michael Joseph. No, Michael Joseph says, an idea for a Matt stats. How many times have we given the ball away this season compared to previous? Now, Michael, Matt will probably have an answer to this, but the guy is having a tough time right now. Why would you want to depress him by making him look that up? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, good luck, I guess, trying to find those stats as well. Yeah, um, unfortunately we looked into it, but Tottenham had given it away. Uh, Marty Oss says, what dirt has Aurier got on Pochettino? There must be something. (laughs) Oh, dude, I have no idea. Um, Probably some pictures from a Christmas party, I don't know, because it's beyond me. Um, And Kyle Walker-Peters has clearly done something to everybody. Don't even go there, Jeff Edwards says, given we don't win the FA Cup, not anymore we don't, uh, would you consider a successful season to finish 5th or 6th above Arsenal, knocking them out of Europe and putting us in? Um, From our position right now, so as of today, 14th of November, yeah. (laughs) Yep, I completely (laughs) agree with you. I'll take the top half of the table, to be honest with you. Right now, (laughs) yes. 10th, 9th, 8th, yeah, anywhere up there. Um, and the last question or thing is uh, Johannes Kazibu I've just butchered your name my friend I apologise says my question is our wing backs they never supply quality crosses we can even have 90% ball possession but still nothing will happen why don't they try first one at near post second cross at level? Uh, basically your point is that our crossing from our full backs is atrocious and I completely agree with you um I have absolutely no idea why that is, because at one point, um, we were kind of doing quite well from that point of view. Um, our fullbacks were dynamic, best in Europe. Um, they were surging forward. But at the same time, uh, someone pointed out to me the other day, they didn't provide a great deal of assists during that. They were basically constantly there bombing forward, um, but like little drag backs and stuff. Mm. And then the ball would get worked or like an Ericsson or somebody or Delhi, and then they'd score. Um, you look at Liverpool's fullbacks providing 30-odd assists last season, and they're already approaching 10 between the two of them for this season. And you think, damn, <laughs> yeah, Harry yeah. Harry Kane must look at that and be like, oh, I'd be scoring fifty a blooming season in the league alone mm. with with you know that. 
Um, but yeah, please don't go to Liverpool, Harry. Yeah, please <laughs> don't. Sorry. Please, please just, don't. Just, just want to point that out there. Please don't look at that and think, what could I do? <laughs> Take it back. They're crap. Don't, don't go there. Um, <laughs> oh, God, that was a horrible feeling. I know. That hurts, oh. Sam, just even oh. mention, just suggesting it. Yeah, Harry Kane in Mo Salah. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, I've not done that for a while. That felt good. Um, so, I... Uh, yeah, I have no answer to that other than the fact we need better fullbacks. The one thing I'd say is in that European game the other day when we were in Belgrade, um, Ryan Sessegnon came on, did a quick one-two, got in behind and drilled in a great cross which resulted in a goal. And the thing he did, which I've not seen our fullbacks do, is he proper drilled it across along the ground. And Danny Rose did it once in the game as well and we scored from that one. Our fullbacks tend to do these floaty things that the keeper just comes out and goes, thanks, catching practice. Yep, yep. Or goes out. <laughs> you know, Serge Aurier, basically, from his crossings, his biggest goal threat. Because keepers are like, oh, look, it's floating. Oh, my God, it's going in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they just don't do what they need to do. If you're a fullback and you're working it to the byline, for me, smash it across goal because it could go in off a defender, it could go in off the keeper, one of our players could get a foot to it and direct it in. To me, that's what you do. You get in behind and drill it across that six-yard box because any touch and it's in the back of the net. You do a nice little floaty chip in and it's just catching practice. Absolutely, and unfortunately, yeah. that's what our lot seem to do. Um, yeah, but Sessignon didn't. Sessignon drove in and hammered it across low and we scored... Could that be a sign of things to come? I hope so. That's me done, my friend. Oh, I feel depressed. I know. Do do we? So we we kind of wanted to spend this this podcast kind of going through things and possibly cheering everyone up. But yeah, you're right. I kind of <laughs> I feel yeah. the same. Like oh. I, I I think it's. I'm hoping that people will listen and and just you know we're all we're all Spurs fans at the end of the day, aren't we? And we're all going through this together, aren't we? And yep. I, th- I think it's good that we've kind of gone through the different, um, the different elements, and you know what is to blame, what isn't to blame, and, and it, I'm just, I'm just hoping that we can turn it around, mate. <laughs> so I just hope we can yeah. turn it around, you know. But what, yeah, what's you, it going to take both. to turn it around, you know? I don't know, but I mean, uh. going into the January transfer window, I mean, we're going to talk about that more and more as we get closer to it, obviously. But for me, it's the biggest window in our recent history because if if the club is going to genuinely try and kick on you know genuinely revamp the team and have ambitions to be a big club you cannot let this slide for a season and if they're going to support the manager then they need to show it in January because I think if you're the manager right now you're possibly thinking at the back of your mind the club knows what I need. The club knows who needs to go. If we get to January and nothing happens, I'm never going to be able to achieve anything yeah. here. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, do you see what I mean yeah. by that? It's kind yeah. of like I give up. Yeah. yeah, it's not even a case of you know. In my opinion, this is it. This is anybody who knows anything about football can look at Tottenham right now and go, January they need to do stuff. Mm. And if you fail to do it. Mauricio Pochettino is a fantastic professional. He will come out and say, I'm happy with my squad. They're a great group. You know, results haven't been good, but we're going to turn it around. You know, I, you know, it's difficult in January to sign players, but inside he would be raging. Yeah. None of us can be under any illusion that that guy is not fed up 
with the excuses of oh stadium <laughs> or yeah 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 oh sorry yeah oh yeah bought extra champagne <laughs> and we don't have enough for a signing on fee i mean the paulo diablo thing um there's a little bit more come out about that the last few days and when you know that we were basically arguing on his image rights over paying it in installments you kind of get that where the frustration kicks in mm. because the image rights we agreed a fee with them and then we went back you know you know during that that deadline day it kept like flipping between it's on it's off it's on it's off it was basically it's come out that we were arguing about paying them in installments for it wow. and it was i think it's about 11 million when you put that into comparative for our club 11 million to complete the, i know the transfer fee etc was big and it was 11 million on top of that but to have that player at tottenham i i don't see <laughs> I, I i like for that amount of money when you consider the amount of money the club makes I, I'm my mind is blown yeah. that we were arguing over that and yeah. then it argued and argued and eventually Juventus went you know what we're keeping him we've reached the point we can't we don't think we can replace him we're going to keep him here and and that's what and, and that's the point I made earlier about Levy you know he's he's yeah. a great great businessman but unfortunately it's not compatible with, with no. football at times and, and that's no. that's where no, it's showing we need a director of football who's got yeah. a budget Mm-hmm. Because the one time we had that, we we completed signings no problem at all, mm. um, and it was all done within budget. Now those signings didn't really work out. You know the magnificent seven Baldini signings. You can look at that and say it was too many at once. You can look at that and say the management, you know, a whole combination of things, it didn't work out. But that was an example of a director of football being given a budget and going off and doing the deals. Yeah. Like okay, I've got a budget of 120 million. I think he had because they knew the money was coming from Bale and the sale of Stephen Colker. So he said, "Right, that's your budget. Go for it." Mm. That's what we need. We yep. need someone who has that, and we need someone who's going to handle that for player sales as well. Because another of the big issue we have is stale players in the squad that had the opportunity to leave. Victor Wanyama could have left in the summer. You know, the whole deal with Club Bruges, etc., was accepted. And we were trying to push him there because they were willing to pay 11, 12 million for him. The player didn't want to go there. He didn't want to move to Belgium. Mm. Celtic came in for him, but they offered 6 million plus 2 million if they got back into the Champions League. He wanted to go there. The player made his mind up. Yeah, I want to go back to Celtic. I loved it there. Club wouldn't do the deal. Yeah. So. We've now got a player in the squad earning about forty or fifty thousand pounds a week, who is actually useless to us completely. He's not a good player in the Premier League anymore. There is no point in keeping him whatsoever. And rather than getting, you know, consider we signed him for eleven, we had two really good seasons from him. To sell him for six, possibly eight, to me is a no-brainer. Yeah, but unfortunately, I don't think Levy looks at it like that. He just he's no. looking at the figures, isn't he? Yeah, That's he's looking at. I signed him for this. I want to yep. sell him for more. Yep. Yep. And and that he's not looking at the football side. He's mm-hmm. looking at the bottom line. It's yeah. almost like our joke about net spend trophy winners to him is a big deal. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, I, I I like that. I like that. That's our thing. Mm. To to us as fans, we want to see a football team winning, and we know that to do that, you got to refresh. You got to keep moving. You can't stand still. And we stood still for a year and 
because of that we've gone backwards. Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. Anyway, there we go. Um, on a on a lighter note, uh, we're back next week, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what the topic is going to be, but it's going to be something stupid to make us all laugh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a big thank you to you. It's great to have you back, my friend. Uh, Cheers, we'll mate. be speaking to you next week. A big thank you to everybody for listening and getting in touch, like you have. Uh, we'll be back next week. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs. And remember, to dare is to do.